0: i'm nate Mueller, the director of musicians mobile and this is the musicians mobile show we're going to be chatting about lessons learned in the journey of music we feature musicians at various stages of their growth sharing their stories and experiences so that we can help you develop as a musician welcome to musicians mobile show we have our guest Mejica. she's a former musicians mobile student and she's always been involved in our shows when she was a student She's got a great voice. She's a great piano player. Um, she just got a full-ride scholarship to Swarthmore College as a McCabe Scholar. She's the founder of IANA, a nonprofit. And uh, she started taking lessons with us at about eight years old. And um, yeah, Mahika, can you tell me a little bit about what you're up to nowadays uh, outside of music first?
1: Yeah, sure. So I've, um, in the last couple of years throughout high school, I have done a lot of work in education and how can we reimagine schools to really put students' passions at the forefront and so that they can learn what they really want to learn. So I've traveled a lot talking to educators and um, people in that run organizations and administrators on how we can reimagine schools. So something I'm really passionate about and I'm definitely gonna continue in college, um, but de- definitely on the side music has been um, a big force of, um, like joy and, um, and relaxation in a lot of cases in my life. So it's definitely helped me through a lot of stressful times throughout high school. And it's been a really good skill
0: to have on, um, on the side. How are you using uh, music as a positive force in your life through this this pandemic?
1: Yeah, so I think like we're all kind of struggling with like what to do with ourselves because we're so used to outside stimulation and I think like there's a lot of, <laughs> a
0: is lot all of good stress. it's a live show or somewhat live we got birds <laughs> like, and everything
1: yeah there's a lot of stress and anxiety right now in the world so I feel like there's always it's always good to have a creative outlets to channel your uh, your feelings into and then it's like always good to have a skill that you're working on because i think it it challenges your brain to be always learning and like being flexible when you're trying to learn a new piece so i feel like it um, for me it's like been a really good mental challenge as well as like being something to channel my emotions
0: when was the time you felt like you had a, a breakthrough with music like maybe an inflection point that made the difference to where you kind of took it up not sure level?
1: Yeah. Um, I think like for me, the biggest thing has been like uh, fear of performance and like just being able to pick, like go and do something outside of your comfort zone. And I think because I performed so much with Musicians Mobile and Mr. Jared really taught me how to like improvise and pick things up on the spot. um, We had this open mic in our community um, in the Silver Creek Country Club. They have like, they had this open mic at the, country club once and um i just like went there and just sat down and started playing and i think that was a huge breakthrough because that was the first time that i um the first time that i did something and it was like totally like improvisational and like not practice like for a recital or something so i think like once you have that ability there's like no limits for you like you can just um you know like really be comfortable like sitting down playing a song that you haven't practiced that much but you're like able to you know like play something on the guitar or on the piano or just like sing and pick it up as you go and like I think like be, being able to do like the band concerts was really helpful because there was this uh, musician that I had never met before and he was just like accompanying everybody and I knew how to like, um, work with them. And, you know, like it's really that dynamic is something that you only learn through practice. So yeah, I think that was definitely a breakthrough where I realized that I have the skill set to be able to kind of, you know, go for whatever performance opportunities I want, even if I'm not like prepared in the traditional sense.
0: Mm-hmm. I would have never guessed that you were nervous because you always appeared so confident on stage, um, you know, when I would see your performances. But, you know, you're just like everybody else. We all get our nerves, like, right?
1: Yeah. Like, if you even look at interviews with top celebrities, they always say um, that they are nervous before going on a show. I think it's like something. And I don't think it's a bad thing either. Like, no. when your heart beats really fast, it's just like a sign that you're doing something really exciting to me. So yeah and I don't know I think like definitely the more you do it the less st- stressed you get because now I perform at my school and stuff and it's like probably the biggest it's like 900 people so it's probably the biggest audience I would ever perform in front of and it's really not that wow. scary anymore because I've had like all of these recitals where it was a really calm and welcoming and collaborative environment so you, you knew you could fail and like and I definitely had recitals where I was like wow that did not go well like I right. remember there's one recital where I had tra- been traveling right before the recital so I had bare been practicing and I went off that stage and I was like gosh that was really not my best work but it kind of just shows you that like you really the only thing that you can do is prepare your best and like really work hard and like the day of the recital it could go either way and it's like you just have to like do everything that you can for it to go well but there's so many things like i did a show in austin with um this project i was working on song like a songwriting project and my mic wasn't on and they didn't know how to fix it the entire performance so it was oh like little out of my control and i had prepared all the best that i could but you know there's some there's some times where you just like it's out of your control but you just ha- kind of have to be at Peace with it. That like, you know, you did your best, and there's always going to be another show that you can do even better at. So yeah, I think that's like a good way to overcome your nerves is know that it's never the end of the world. Like it's never going to be your last performance, and there's always another opportunity.
0: Yeah, I I like how it it's helped. It sounds like it's really helped you to learn how to improvise in the moment. You know, like right now, there's some birds chirping in the background. It it doesn't phase you. You you keep going, and you you're adapting to the situation. I notice you're also a great public speaker. Uh, Do you think that um, experience of you performing on stage as a musician has also helped out in that other area?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think music, I think that it's like, something that everybody should have to do or in some way because first of all I think anybody that can be a musician they just need to find the right instrument and um, area for them but Mm -hmm. I think it teaches you so many life skills like how when you're playing piano you keep working on the parts that you're not so good at and you don't just like keep doing the things that the parts of the song that you're good at it's like just a metaphor for life like you don't keep doing like what you're good at you have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone try things that you're not so great at that obviously like for public speaking the state aspect of like being in front of a group of people and being vulnerable because Mm -hmm. music is really about vulnerability and when you go up on that stage you're like bearing your soul to the audience so I feel like that really teaches you that when you uh, when you're public speaking like it really gives you that sense of confidence and empowerment to like go up and not be afraid. I think that's like the biggest thing is overcoming fear, but there's so many lessons just beyond. I think like people focus on the stage fright aspect, but there's like so many lessons in each of the like lessons that I had when I was uh, learning piano, I was learning something new. Like how do you overcome a failure? Like when you don't do well in a performance, how do you overcome and be resilient and go back and perform again? Like how do you, um, Really challenge yourself, like pick harder pieces instead of just like Mm. keeping on doing the same easy pieces, which, you know, you can nail like there's just so many different lessons that if you now that I'm not taking lessons anymore, I reflect back and I can see like all those times where I was being encouraged to practice and stuff like that was really teaching me so many life lessons that I'm going to carry on. Because I trained in so many different, like three different instruments, singing piano and guitar. And like that was a huge part of my childhood, but also my upbringing as a human being. And so I feel like for the rest of my life, all of those teachings and lessons are going to be things that I really carry on.
0: Do you feel like it's given you certain habits?
1: Yeah, I think I could have developed a little bit more diligence. I think like for me, music has always been such a fun thing that like I really didn't want to practice things like it was almost like I wanted to be rebellious. And even though I was doing music, I just wasn't doing like when I took classical piano lessons, I was just playing my own song, like pop songs and stuff. So um, I think like it definitely I it taught me that I should be diligent. Um, I think like I didn't understand the value of it at the point at that time time where I was taking lessons um I probably should have practiced a little bit more and been like really rigorous and I know people that are like really stringent about their practicing for several hours a day and they have like a practice schedule um but I think like for me I think the um the like life skills were more about just getting to know myself better and um, getting to know like what I what kind of music I liked and learning about like when you listen to when I listen to songs on the radio now my music education has influenced me so much that I can understand the chord progression like I could probably identify what the chord progression is and like what the like how that song. Um, like, why that song was made that way and, like, how it adds different dynamics and stuff, which I think you can't really understand it until you've been on the other side, like, learning about song construction and things like that. So, yeah, it's, like, there's so many different things that um, it has have been applied in my life today.
0: It seems like you were doing classical. Maybe that wasn't your thing, but then you discovered, like you said, you're more into pop music. So once you found the genre that you could you're more engaged in did your practice pick up more at that point
1: yeah definitely because it's fun it doesn't feel like you're doing some like homework or anything um and i'm really lucky that i had parents that understood the value of learning like music theory and like the roots of pop music because i think there's uh, like they obviously wanted me to learn classical piano initially because that's why i took it for like five how many years was it like almost eight years total because I started when I was like four years old um but I like I under I think that maybe it was good that I started because all the fundamentals you kind of learn like
0: oh, from classical
1: music but once I started doing pop like I can now in quarantine like I told you before we started talking like I've I've been playing for hours a day and it like I don't even notice the time going by because it's just so fun for me to like come up with different piano arrangements yeah. and do my own takes on pop songs so I think like once you find something that doesn't feel like you're doing it as a chore and your parents don't have to tell you like practice for 30 minutes a day or practice for an hour a day and you just like get lost in it and you're in the zone I feel like that's when you found something that is your like a true calling for you in life so um I, like I don't think anybody should push themselves I, I think like the what when parents tell their kids like to practice and push them to do an instrument I think the, the lesson there is diligence and working hard at something even if you, it's not fun all the time but for me like I'm somebody that really follows things that are joyful instead of like just um, you know like I don't really push myself to do things unless they're really adding value and that I'm really passionate about them so for me like as soon as I started learning about music theory and how to do arrangements it was just this whole world of possibility because you can open a tab for a song and come up with like any number of infinite arrangements. So yeah, I I definitely think like everybody once they find that very specific niche and it could even be like music production or like, I don't know, it's something totally unrelated to the actual art itself. But once you have the foundation and you can start branching out from there, um, there's so many possibilities that are unlocked.
0: Outside of music, What's your vision for the future? You had a bright career ahead of you and you're just about to start this college path. What, what's your vision for the future and what you'd like to add to the world?
1: Yeah, I think I just really have this spiritual belief that we're all the same, like energetically and just like even biologically, we're all exactly the same. Like there's no reason why one person should have this different opportunities than another person. So in my life and career, my hope is that Um, I will just like work on any kind of projects and a a career where every day I'm working to make the world more equal and more and also just like connect people more because I think like it seems that even though we've overcome um, all of these big challenges and like, you know, sexism and racism and stuff we're still so divided and apart and like we're finding so many reasons to disconnect from each other when we really should be connecting and there's so many tools that we have now with technology and everything to connect us more so I definitely want to live in a world where everybody sees value in one another and sees um, similarities and unity Uh, and I know this is like a very high level goal but I'm hoping that like I'm really lucky to be in a position where I can be like, have this as my vision. And I uh, have been raised with a lot of resources that have given me this like space to think about, okay, well, my basic needs are being met now. How can I help other people as well? So yeah, that's my grand, life goal.
0: That's awesome. And and you've already been on this path with your, your nonprofit. Can you tell people about uh, your nonprofit?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I, um, I've i run programs in uh, developing countries in Africa. And my goal was to, instead of looking at humanitarian aid as an unequal exchange of like the privileged person and the underprivileged person, I wanted it to be a really equal collaborative process. So like we um, run programs for these teenagers in developing communities to come up with problem with solutions to their community's own problems. So they're like really using their understanding as being a member of that community to design a solution. Um, So, yeah, we've funded all sorts of projects that are all designed by kids in these communities. Um, Yeah. I'm hoping to like really expand on it because this is obviously like a very, a pretty small scale on the, the scale of the problem is like a trillion dollars of foreign aid that's been putting that's been put to not like the most impactful use. But um, hopefully, like I'll work in an aid office or in, at a philanthropic organization, and I can kind of shift. My main thing is like if you can shift people's mindsets and you can shift the system itself. So instead of working on like really small projects, I want to be really responsible for high level thinking on like how are people putting their money to causes and how can we shift like the intention and then like the actual action and result will change as well.
0: What's the key to shifting uh, people's mindsets? In
1: Yeah, I think like so many people like with faith and with their own just philosophical beliefs kind of understand this on some level, but like really digging deep on the idea that we're all the same and like how, and that philanthropy should be about, you know, like our, um, Declaration of Independence talks about how all men are created equal. So like, how can we, in this modern world where there's so many things, um, that are dividing us, like, how do we, like the, the fundamental, like root value should be equality and making sure an equality of opportunity more specifically. Um, so like how any product or service or program that you're running should be rooted in that fundamental value, um, and. I think like there's a lot of things that philanthropy gets convoluted with of like privilege and like showing off um your altruism and stuff but just really like making people dig deep at, as to like this is what we're put on earth to do is to connect with one another and um help one another I feel like that's like the major shift that if we can get that on a societal level like I can't even imagine the possibilities for what our world.
0: Well, I think with um, bright spirits like yourself, the the future is going to be looking pretty good. You know, Um, you can make a positive difference. You're already doing it. And we're really grateful to have you as part of our school. um, And we're wishing you all the best in your future endeavors. Is there any way that our listeners can get involved in any projects? Or or, where would you like to steer their attention to, to making a positive difference?
1: Um, I would just, like, really encourage everybody to, um, like, especially during this time where there's so much downtime for thinking and exploration, just really think about, like, what are your interests and what does your community need or the global community need and try to, like, since you have a lot of free time here and there's obviously, like, a a big global issue happening. Um, Yeah, I would like just spend a couple hours or a couple minutes even every week thinking about like how have you, because everybody leaves a footprint on the world whether they like it or not. So how have you made an impact on the world that week or how could you in the weeks going forward? Um, I think it's a really good way to stay grounded as we're like all staying at home and everything is so uncertain to know like what's in your power to, to do at this time.
0: That's fantastic. Is there any links you would like to share? Um,
1: sure. Um, yeah, they can visit my organization's website. It's uh, A-Y-A-N-A international.org.
0: Iana. So Ayana is the, the best place for people yeah, to Yeah, that's of, like a big
1: up. portfolio of like all the stuff that we've done. So you can kind of look at like the root of the program and everything like that.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks, Mahika, for inspiring th- this. the intention of our our uh, podcast and our show is to inspire that next generation of students and show them that it is possible um, for them to pick up an instrument and and also make a positive difference in the world. And I I thank you for being a part of this. Yeah. Luck to you and all your endeavors. You have a a great vision of the future. I'm really, really confident that you're going to achieve great things in helping others. And it sounds like that's a big part of your, your vision. It's, it's, not so much about you. It's about what you can do to help others. And that's, that's really commendable.
1: Thank you. So great to talk to you.
0: Okay. Have a good one. Talk to you later.
1: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.